What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. This fall, the Fantasy Sports Channel will make history all over again with even more live fantasy radio than anywhere on the planet. At least 12 hours of fantasy football, baseball, basketball, and hockey action each Monday through Friday. Plus more fantasy sports talk every Saturday and Sunday. More than 50 shows in all from the best fantasy sportscasters in the business. Try getting that on your radio dial. The Fantasy Sports Channel, only on Blog Talk Radio. It's a schedule you can... Mike, Mike, can you hear this? and their versatility bring new life to many topics in and out of the world of fantasy sports. Guests can reach the show by calling 347-324-5404. Red versus Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. Let's hope they're still friends afterwards. Here they are, Scott and Mike. Mike, 
Uh, Mark Ronick and the guys at Fantasy Sports Channel have uh, put together an amazing product, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, fantasy sports coverage. It, it's getting out of hand here, Mike. It, it, we're, it's just uh, out of control. Uh, oh, you know, no, 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 Scott. It's not out of control. It's just, uh, you know, things things are happening. Things are uh, going on. And, uh, you know, everybody that's in the chat room, everybody that's listening, they love it. We love it. So let's just uh, let's keep it moving because I'll tell you what, it won't be long, a couple weeks. Uh, we got we got the draft coming, and uh, you know things are going to really keep on uh, motoring along. So uh, no, no, let's keep it rolling, Bob. Let's do it, Mike. And uh, <clears throat> again, we're, we're we're happy to be a part of the the Fantasy Sports Channel. You can be re- they can be reached at ffc.fm. We're streaming live there. We're also on iTunes Radio. Uh, if you've ever used iTunes Radio for your streaming radio feeds, just go up to um, Sports Fantasy Sports Blog Talk Radio. You'll find the Fantasy Sports Channel on there. And also, you can download our podcast. You can subscribe to the podcast. Click the little uh, subscribe button. That way it will download to your iPod or your MP3 player for, for listening or uh, in the car, maybe uh, on your way to work or to the office. Uh, you, you definitely don't want to miss any of uh, what we bring to the table every single week, Friday nights, 11 p.m. You can call the show. I'm looking forward to hearing from some Miami fans tonight. If I could have got some music ready, I would have had uh, – I would have had uh, our Miami song coming up because big news out of Miami this week, Mike. Bill Parcells brings in Brandon Marshall from the Denver Broncos. Brandon Marshall has signed a nice-looking contract uh, for Miami, for the Dolphins. Uh, Mike, that's going to be something. I want to hear from Dolphin fans, 347-324-5404. And let's start there, Mike, before we move to the Jets news. Brandon Marshall in Miami is going to be the biggest story so far. Uh, here in the offseason, uh, we've been waiting to see what happens to Marshall, one of the premier elite wide receivers in the NFL. He goes to a 7-9 Miami team that was a, a, a wildcat running team, Mike. Chad Henney gets his weapon. What does he do? I think it's a perfect fit. I think it's a perfect fit for Miami. I think it's a perfect fit for uh, Brandon Marshall. He needs uh, new scenery. Uh, he obviously didn't fit right there in Denver with the way things are going on, but uh, – you know, I, I think that, uh, you know, I think it's going to fit perfect for Brandon Marshall. And m- more importantly, if you have Chad Henney as, uh, as a quarterback in your, any of any of your dynasty leagues, you've got to love the situation because that's going to open up the field. They've got tons of running backs. They've got tons of things that they can, uh, that they can make happen as far as uh, running the ball. But Brandon Marshall opens up the field. And, uh I just, I, I think, you know, he'll be kept in check. It's a new scenery for him and a new beginning, and a lot of players like that. Well, Chad Henney has been waiting for this to happen since he came into the league. He had a, a decent year, got a, got a real strong arm. Miami was 7-9 and nine last year, Mike. You know, this move here with what's going on in New York, does this make the AFC East the best division in the National Football League? I mean, look, you got the Jets, you got the Patriots, and now you're bringing in the Dolphins. I mean, is it enough to put them over that hump? Well, the one thing I'm thinking about, Scott, is what what two teams have made the biggest moves? Uh, obviously, the, the New York Jets have. Uh, now Miami going after Brandon Marshall and giving him the contract that they gave him, uh, that is a huge move. Everybody else is kind of just waiting, waiting, waiting. Well, you better not wait too long because – these two teams are—they're going after something, especially the New York Jets. And it—you it, know—it makes everybody else think, well, maybe I should have done that. So I—you know—I don't know. I feel kind of bad because I'm—you know—obviously being a Dallas Cowboy fan, I want a Brandon Marshall. I wouldn't mind having him, having him. But uh, you know, they waited too long or didn't do their—didn't uh, do their due diligence. But. Uh, Bottom line is the Jets and Dolphins, they're going after people, and they're getting them. Well, like I said, we're going to talk about the Jets here in a little bit, Mike, but, you know, we've got to start with Tuesday night. The schedule is released for the 2010 season, Mike. I'm so amped about this. 7 o'clock Tuesday night, the Jets released their schedule. Uh, I'm sorry. i got the Jets on the brain. The NFL releases their schedule, and I've got there's several games here that I want to see where they at. My, my guess is that the Jets max out their primetime games on this thing. This is their year. People are going to want to see what this team's made about. Rex Ryan's obviously Mr. Charisma. He's going to be on HBO and Hard Knocks. 
But, Mike, I want to see McNabb versus Philly. I want to see Holmes versus Pittsburgh. I mean, I want to see Farr versus Green Bay, Saints versus Vikings, the rematch. We've always got the Colts versus Patriots. I mean, it's just going to be great. What are you looking forward to? Well, I'll tell you what. You're definitely going to see uh, Washington, Philly uh, twice. That, that's a given. Oh, yeah. You're going to see that. Uh, and that would be very interesting, wow. especially when, uh, you know, it depends on what time that they schedule Philly at Washington yeah. or Washington at Philly. I guarantee you they'll schedule Washington at Philly later in the year, and uh, that will make it very interesting uh for uh, Don McNabb and Washington to come into Philly late in the year. Because, you know, I still believe that uh, Washington may have a chance now with uh, Don McNabb. But I'm just looking forward to the schedule and looking forward to uh, different uh, situations. They're not going to schedule Dallas too often. Well, I mean, they'll schedule them often, but uh, I would expect a team – that usually doesn't get scheduled too much here in the last three or four years will be the Oakland Raiders. Expect Oakland to be on Monday night twice. I don't know why. I, I don't. I don't have a clue why they did pick up a quarterback. Who was that they picked up? I saw it the other night. I was like, man, that's an improvement. I don't. I can't even remember who it was. Uh, uh, shoot, I think he was the, he was the uh, former Baltimore. Uh, former Baltimore quarterback. What the heck was his name? Anyway, I saw them pick him up. If you see it in the chat room, uh, let me know who it is. I can't get. I can't think of the guy's name. I'll send you a red versus blue T-shirt. But we've got uh, just a lot of things going on here, Mike. Uh, Tuesday night again, the schedule's released. The NFL draft uh, is Thursday night at 7:30. Mike, you got to be home for this. It's 7:30 at night. If you're not home, DVR set your set your DVR and check out the first round of the uh, of the draft. It's uh, no, I, Thursday night, you know, 7.30 prime time. I, you know, I think it's going to be pretty cool. And, uh, you know, I hate to uh, give kudos to other things that are going on, but uh, I've been watching uh, what John Gruden, uh, he's been doing with these quarterbacks. I don't know if you checked this out, Scott, but it has been a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, he's it is. Grilling them, grilling them left and right, left and right about what they should do about their yeah. accent, about this and that. And it's I compelling television, man. You're right. Uh, you know, and John Gruden, he's a guru. And this guy knows what he's talking about. And it's been a lot of fun to watch. And, you know, are they prepared? After the interview, the quick interviews that they've had with John Gruden, I say every one of them is prepared. There's one that stands above way above, and that's uh, Bradford, in my opinion. Well, we're going to talk about that as well here later in the show, and uh, we've got a lot of action in the chat room. Come on over to uh, the Red vs. Blue chat room. If you're over on FSC.FM, come on over and stop in and, and talk to the crew. We've got a, we've got a good uh, group of guys going in there tonight. Uh, it's Kyle Bowler going to the uh, Oakland Raiders, Mike. And I'll tell you what, as bad as DeMarcus was, uh, Greg Kasky, uh, you know, anything can be an improvement there. The kid's got an arm. Let's move on. And we've got the NFL draft, and, and Mike, we're going to talk about that here with uh, the first-round picks. Uh, that'll be Thursday night, and then we'll progress. We'll talk about it on Friday night, of course, and into Saturday. Um, but the Jets just continue to get better, and they continue to make moves. I don't think it's, I don't think it's debatable. I don't think it's arguable. They've had the best offseason of any team in the National Football League, bar none, They've uh, brought in LaDainian Tomlinson. They brought in Carmarty on one side for the, the other side for, of Revis. And now uh, they've brought in Santonio Holmes, Mike, the former Super Bowl MVP. This isn't a Dion Brandt, hopefully, Super Bowl MVP, but Santonio Holmes had a big uh, – started to really come around and prosper here with Pittsburgh, and they only get a, have to give up a fifth-round pick, Mike. The Jets have done all this, and they still have their picks. Mike, well, they're, they're pulling off the middle the way I see what the Jets are doing, Scott, is they've uh, they pretty much solidified their offensive line, defensive line. Uh, they've got a head coach that, you know, he, he don't care what happens and as long as it happens in the right way. And it's pretty much it's like, okay, we, we have something here. We have something here that can be pretty special. So let's go get LT. Let's back up Sean Green. Uh, you know, we, we gave up Thomas. 
But uh, that's all right. That's all right because Thomas was able to give uh, Sean Green a little bit of leadership. Now, what are we going to do? We're going to bring in wide receivers, left and right, left and right. Just bring them in. And, uh, you know, this team is being aggressive. They're being very aggressive in the uh, in the off season, and it's going to be it's going to be a move that a lot of teams down the road are going to wish they would have made. Yeah. Well, uh, again, uh, the Jets uh, are picking up talent left and right. They're not having to give up a lot of picks. Their O line is solid. Their D line is solid. Now their secondary is better with Revis. Revis doesn't have to play that. You know, uh, he can roam a little bit more now with Cromartie on the other side of that field, and, and, and uh, they, they don't really have a lot of answers. You, you put now, you put Holmes on one side, Edwards on the other, and you put Kadri in the slot now with Keller. Along with that offensive line and that running game, that's going to be some real opportunities to open up. And the good thing about, the good thing about Braylon and Santonio, Mike, and, and then you can go, they're both one-year deals. They're both finishing up the, the you know one-year contracts, and so this is a competition for who gets to stay in New York, Braylon or Holmes. It won't be both. It'll be one or the other, and so they have real motivation to give their absolute best. Well, it's a definite wake-up call to uh, Braylon Edwards because he's like, uh-oh, i got competition now, so now I need to step my game up, so to speak. So he's going to step his game up, and, uh, you know, he's going to make, uh, you know, Santonio Holmes uh, – Step his game up. Next thing you know, everybody's stepping their game up, and it's like, wow, it's going to be a beast. The one thing, the one thing, and I wrote this down before the show, is Mark San, Mark Sanchez, is he going to be able to handle this? Yeah. Yeah. You're, you're, you're absolutely right, Mike. It's the only piece in the puzzle that has any bit of a nick in the armor. It's Sanchez. Can he do it? Can he bring the intensity? Does he have the leadership? I think he has the leadership, but does he have the ability to read those defenses when they're blazing at you and lightning speed? I mean, he, he showed that he had some poise in that playoff, and I hope that the playoff carries over for him because he's got more talent surrounding him. He's got a better backfield now, oh, arguably about the same kind of backfield. You know, LT, about this time of year, uh, this time in his career, you know, I, th- I still think behind that offensive line he can do some damage. Uh, and you've got Leon Washington back, and he'll be healthy. So you put all those pieces back into the puzzle, it's going to be dangerous. Yeah, no, there, there's no doubt about it. I mean, you, you better be uh, better be very wary of the Jets and and what they're doing. Uh, and uh, plus, you know, like you know, like I said, the, the defense it just defense wins games, defense wins championships, and their defense has not changed, and that could make a big difference. They already know that, so that's why they're doing what they're doing on the offensive side. Well, we'll, we'll see. And Mike, uh, we're getting a lot of eight in the chat room talk, talking about they're, they're talking about Sanchez being the weak link of the team, and and there's there's absolutely no doubt about it. That's the unproven uh, metric there in this whole equation. So, but we'll have to see what what they're capable of. Let's let's move on. We've got a lot of a lot of action. We, we talked about Marshall to Miami and what that means for Miami, but move on to the the Josh McDaniel situation in Denver. We still don't see any Miami callers, so they must not be that stoked about it. Let's get some Denver callers. Uh, Dez to Denver, maybe, at that 11 pick you just released. Marshall, would you take another possible head case wide receiver at that 11 pick, Mike? It's the question is, McDaniels, can he refuse to pick the offensive firepower there at 11? They arguably have a need at nose tackle. Uh, Maybe a Dan Williams would be a superstar at that position. Um, uh, who knows where they go here, Mike? They, their defense arguably kind of wore down the second half of the year. They played inspired football the first half. We all saw it. We were like, wow, Denver's for real in that Patriots game. And then it just kind of all fizzled out there the second half of the year. So, Mike, what do you think Denver does at, at 11? Is it smart to go after Dez? I, I don't think so. I don't think so because uh, they can find a creator and uh, innovator, so to speak, at uh, at the position players. They they have to solidify their offensive line because I think their defensive line is fine, in my opinion. They have to go to work at offensive line and make sure that, you know, they have something to work with instead of going after a position player because they can get one. Well, and they've got Orton here and they've got Brady Quinn. I'm just not real sure what they're going to do at the quarterback position, but uh, they, they'll have their options. 
Uh, the, the other big story, let's, let's go ahead and move on. The other big story is really this Ben Roethlisberger situation. Mike, I cannot believe how this has deteriorated right in front of our very eyes. I, it's unbelievable you have a player of the caliber of Ben Roethlisberger to do the type of things that he's doing, to live the type of lifestyle he's living when he has all the scrutiny and all the eyes and all the responsibility that's been laid in his lap to be acting this way like a rap star. You know, I, I just don't understand... You know, now the rumor is that Roethlisberger, they're seriously listening for offers. And the Steelers don't play around. We've known this for years. That organization is all about class. And, Mike, I'm hearing they're enamored. Uh, they're in love with Sam Bradford right now. So uh, wh- how crazy would that be if you saw Roethlisberger traded to the Rams or something and you, you bring in a Bradford? No. Honestly, Scott, I don't see that happening one bit at all. Uh, what you were talking about as far as uh, uh, Ben doing what he's doing and this and that, I, you know, I don't like it. The guy put himself in bad positions. Uh, but I, I don't see him being traded to uh, – I don't – he's not going to be traded anywhere. He's going to be suspended for two games, I guarantee. He'll be suspended for two games, and he better not put himself in that position again. I mean, the guy is – He's a great quarterback, but why in the heck would you put yourself in that position for a second time? I, I don't get it. Mike, uh, it, your, your guess is as good as mine. Ben Roethlisberger, possibly to be traded, look for some kind of act. I can't imagine they would do this, but this organization does not play around. If they feel like it's time to move no. on, I'm, I'm hearing this 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 dissension. I mean, you, I, I was watching TV the other day, and Terry Bradshaw is just bashing him publicly. I'm like, yeah, I don't like yeah. him. He doesn't like me. I mean, wow! How can you have the icon of the Pittsburgh Steelers, one of the icons of the Steelers, talking about your your quarterback, your leader? There's, there's definitely something amiss with this guy. No, well, I know Scott, and you know he, Terry Bradshaw. I've heard his comments about uh, about Ben, and uh, you know it, it's just. It, because he has passion behind the steel, the steel curtain, the Pittsburgh Steelers. What's he's all about? What's what's uh, what uh, what Terry Bradshaw's been through, and you know he still has passion about that. And uh, obviously, Big Ben doesn't get it. He needs to he needs to hook up with Terry Bradshaw or something. But there's something wrong there. And like you said, you made a real good comment that the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, they don't put up with it. Santonio Holmes, gone. You know, you screw up, you're gone. Enough is enough. Gone. So I don't know what's going to happen with them, but like I said, I see a two-game suspension, and uh, we'll see what happens from there. Two-game suspension just doesn't seem like it cuts it, especially, I mean, Santonio Holmes, I think he's, well, what is he charged with, Mike? Is it marijuana and he's getting a four-game suspension or something? I mean, there's a, there's a big difference in how we're evaluating these crimes and, uh, you know, these uh, the, the penalty fitting the, fitting the crime here. I just I just don't well, know where, well, where, we're, where we're going here. Well, Scott, I'm going to tell you right now, if, uh, if Ben Roethlisberger is suspended for even one game, he will go to the NFLPA and say, wait a second, I was not convicted of any crime at all. Why am I suspended? And that's going to be some little kind of crap, and, you know, it's going to drag on. I just see it happening. It's just – but it's – it all boils down to uh, just being credible, credible to your team, credible to the organization that you play for. And Ben Roethlisberger, man, he screwed me once and he screwed me again. So that, that's the way I see it. Three four seven three two four five four zero four is the number. Mike, let's move to Cleveland, uh, where the the Cleveland Browns are also looking. To, you know, Mike Holmgren, he he's a guy. He he loves this attention, right? And and and, and here we are talking about uh, them looking at Bradford. They, they definitely want to see what they can do to move up. Mike, I don't think they have the the, the ammunition here to do it. After what Mangini did last year to screw up, you know, Sanchez at five. They gave away the farm. They gave away, you know, Sanchez for nothing. That five pick. They didn't get hardly anything for it except a couple of cast offs that Mangini was in love with at the Jets. And now they want to move up and get their quarterback. They should have got it last year. They didn't. They went for it with Quinn and Anderson. Neither one are with the team now. 
and now they want to go ahead and get Bradford. But, Mike, they don't have anything to, to, to offer St. Louis. I really see the Browns in a, in a, in a, tight, in a tough situation here because I don't see that they have anything that they can give St. Louis to get this top pick. No, no. They want to move up. They want to get, they want to get Bradford. But uh, St. Louis is in the catbird seat going, well, uh, what are you going to give me? And, you know, Homer, and he, uh, he would love to give him something. But like you said, Scott, there's not much he can give. I mean, he's just he's on an island right now. And it's like, well, okay, well, we'll give you this, we'll give you that. But St. Louis is going, no, nah, no, nah, we need a quarterback. We need we need a franchise player, and this guy could be our franchise player. Cleveland's looking at it the same way. But bottom line is St. Louis is drafting number one. Cleveland's drafting number seven. St. Louis gets him. Three four seven three two four five four zero four is the number. Got a new, uh, what looks like a new high stakes contest in COFF in the chat room tonight. Definitely go check those guys out. We've got some uh, FFPC representatives in, in the house, myffpc.com, and and uh, look, it's, it's, it's getting to be a pretty popping chat room tonight on a, on a Friday night before the draft. This is when things start yeah. to get exciting. It's when things start to get real. Tuesday night the NFL schedule is released. Then Thursday night we come back at seven thirty. We we have the draft. The first round, and, and Mike, that's always a time of excitement. You, the Jets are always on the clock, and that you never know what's going to happen there. They still got a first round pick, and they've done all this. It just blows my mind. I'm, I'm really stoked about it. Boom. I just, I just hope all, all them New York fans just don't boo the first pick, no matter who it is. Just, just give them a heck yeah. Mike, the other news uh, today that broke: Ted Ginn, Teddy Ginn here. This. Uh, uh, you know, everybody remembers when Teddy Ginn was drafted, I think like a 9 or 10, something like that, from to Miami. And everybody was just blown away that he was drafted that high. Um, the Niners have traded for this guy. And, and, Mike, now you've got Ted Ginn in the slot with Morgan and Crabtree on the sides, Vernon Davis up the middle with that scene he always scores on. you got Frank Gore in the backfield. Mike, Alex Smith's the only thing that could mess this thing up. This is a, this is a playoff team waiting to happen with that defense. Mike Singletary is just, he's laughing right now. He's going, okay, we pulled this off. We pulled that off. Okay. We got Frank Gore, who's a beast. Do whatever he does, whatever he wants to do. We've got a heck of a defense because I'm in charge of that because he is in charge of it. Uh, You know, San Francisco, they're going to be sneaky good, sneaky good. You better watch them. I, I looked them up, Mike. Uh, right now they're twenty to one to win the NFC. Now I'd like to see better odds than that at VIP. Yeah, I, I was expecting. I was expecting to see a lot better than that. Twenty to one, but look, 40, 40. Yeah, forty. That'd be that'd be nice. But you know, twenty to one. Now come on, now. Uh, I mean, Arizona's still talented. They've got a. But but when you look at the rest of that division, who's going to take it from them? Arizona with Liners. Um, St. Louis, obviously not. And Seattle. I mean, that's San Francisco's division. They're a playoff team. Book it, you know. And, just, and just book one it. thing I one thing I like to bring up, Scott, is I mean we've talked about it off and on, but uh, does Arizona? I mean, are they really taking a step back with Liner? I think so. That's that's my opinion. I think Arizona State takes a big step back, a huge step back. Matter of fact, I'll go on record as saying. Arizona will be lucky to finish eight and eight. Well, I feel sorry for that team with everything that they had building in, everything that they had going. They just didn't construct their franchise in the proper way uh, to, for the expenses, and they they knew they had a run in left in them. They had a great run. Don't get me wrong. Anytime you can get to the Super Bowl and then have another great year left with Warner, they had two years where they could legitimately pull it off. Didn't happen. And now the team has blown up. They've been totally blown apart. They've got to go with a totally different strategy now. Look, Wells and Fitzgerald is still a nice combination to have and build your offense around. Wells and Fitzgerald with with Hightower, you know, spelling a little bit, that's still a very nice offense. But the problem is Matt Line is unproven. You know, I, I think they could uh, maybe maybe pass off to Derek Anderson maybe halfway through the year, maybe resurrect his career. You know, but who knows if that's going to happen. There's a lot of what-ifs, and the defense took major, major hits. There's no doubt about that. And, and so, Mike, it's, it's unquestioned that they're going to take a step back. It's how far back do they go. Uh, well, uh, Leroy, no he's doubt. in the chat room, 5-11. and 11. Yeah, there's no doubt about that, Scott. I mean, you know, Matt Leinart, uh, he can look like a 
you know, he he could go from the uh, outhouse to the penthouse from week three to say week uh, six or seven. I mean, he can mature into the position to where we know he could be, uh, but I'm not buying it yet. So, you know, I got to see it first. Mike three four seven three two four five four zero four is the number. We're we're here live. It's eleven thirty Eastern on this Saturday, April sixteenth, one day after uh, the day where you felt really darn charitable, didn't you, Mike? After yesterday, man, just handing that check over, I oh, just man, felt, just I, felt I, so I, charitable I, to give back. I tell you what, I, I was playing. I'm the tax man all the way all, all the way to work, all the way home. I'm the tax man. Goodness gracious. <laughs> Mike, let's keep moving. Let's keep it moving. The Seahawks are looking at Marshawn Lynch. It's definitely an improvement. Pete Carroll's got his hands full here with this rebuilding project, Mike. Uh, Marshawn Lynch, definitely looking for a new team. I told you last week, this is a guy to keep an eye on. Get him before news comes out. Once the news starts rolling out, you're not going to be able to get him at the price. He's still Marshawn Lynch. These guys always have character issues and flaws when they come up. Uh, it really vaults their value way down the list, and, and then people don't want to trade for them. And then as soon as they land in a new situation, people love the feel-good stories and love the second-chance stories. They get another crack at this team, uh, another st- a crack at an offensive starting job, and there you go. It's still Marshawn Lynch, Mike. Seahawks get Marshawn Lynch. They kind of turn things around a little bit. Well, I'm, I, all I'm going to say is uh, AFC East, NFC West. Now, if I'm a running back, do I want to go up against the AFC East twice a year or the NFC West twice a year? Uh, I want to go up against the NFC West twice a year. Just basically on uh, performance and uh, just on the trends and the, and the uh, quality of teams that he's going to go up against. It's, it's going to be a good fit for him if he wants to go to Seattle because basically, I mean, it, it – He's going to go up against softer defenses, softer defense. That that five-yard carry, that five-yard carry, that uh, 15, 20-yard burst he can get. So Lynch, Lynch would fit good in Seattle if that deal can get done. Mike, we're half past the hour. I, I totally agree with you. we got to take a break. We're going to come right back with Sam Bradford uh, as our player profile to evaluate. Uh, we've been doing it for the last six weeks, seven weeks. We've got uh, we, we we still got team one or team two, and uh, we're going to talk about this quarterback position. Like we're also going to talk about the newly formed Fantasy Players Association. Don't go away. Hi, this is Greg Kellogg. You know the routine. It's Friday night. You're looking over your lineup. It's either Lavernius Coles versus the Browns or Lance Moore versus the Falcons. I'm a serious fantasy player, and regular fantasy advice just won't do. I need to know without a doubt that the fantasy advice I'm getting makes sense. That's why I listen to Red vs. Blue Fantasy Sports Radio. Catch Scott Atkins in the Red vs. Blue crew chat room every Friday night at 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for those difficult-to-make lineup decisions. I'll be there. Will you? and their versatility bring new light to many topics in and out of the world of fantasy sports. Guests can reach the show by calling 347-324-5404. Red versus Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. Let's hope they're still friends afterwards. Here they are, Scott and Mike.
Boom, 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 Mike. We have the draft uh, starting off Thursday night at 7.30 Eastern on the NFL Network. And uh, we've also got the schedule to release Tuesday, 7 o'clock sharp. The NFL schedule to release for all you diehard fanatics out there that want to start booking your tickets, Mike. Indianapolis versus New England have been happening every single year. Somehow, some way, they find a way to get that game on the schedule. I guarantee you that game is going to be in prime time because every time that game happens, it is must-watch television, Mike. So, really stoked about Tuesday night and Thursday night. Hope you, uh, hope you guys that work evenings can set your DVRs and make sure you don't miss that. Mike, we're going to talk. Uh, we've been breaking down our rookie player every single week for the last seven weeks. We brought you Des Bryant. We brought you uh, C.J. Spiller. We brought you Aurelius Ben. We brought you Javid Best. Uh, who else have we brought, Mike? Uh, there's a couple other guys. We brought you Demarius Thomas last week. And this hey, week Thomas, we're going to bring you – what's that? Yeah, you're right on, Thomas. Go ahead. Yeah, and, then, and now this week we're going to bring you Sam Bradford, quarterback from Oklahoma, Mike. Uh, there's a lot of comparisons going around here. This kid's going to get absolutely paid, okay? With the new rules that are in place and the new salary cap rules, these rookies get absolutely paid. He's going to be the highest-paid quarterback, I think, in the NFL once all this happens. He's 6'4", 220 from Oklahoma, the kid. If you remember his sophomore year, we were blown away by him, Mike. 4,700 yards. 50 touchdowns, 5-0, 50 touchdowns and eight interceptions. I mean, seriously, this kid is drawing these comparisons to Peyton. Is he in the next Peyton? Uh, you know, I, I often struggle with should you take a quarterback in the first round, Mike, but let me read you some statistics here, okay? Over the last decade, okay, I, I know you love statistics, so I'm just going to go ahead and give them. Jim Day Jim in the chat room, welcome, Jim. Over the last decade, 53% of NFL playoff teams led by a first-round quarterback. They were led by a first-round quarterback. Now, Mike, a record 10 NFL quarterbacks passed for 4,000 yards. Something's changing in this league, Mike. With all the rules and the focus and the emphasis on the passing game, it's important to have that quarterback. Now, Mike, how do you get one of these stud quarterbacks? Okay, well, I'll tell you what's happened. I'll tell you what's happened and what I see with Sam Bradford. First off, He's been hurt, yeah. but he bounces back. His knowledge of the game is immense. I mean, the guy has immense knowledge. He, he knows what he's talking about. Uh, he has a vision of what he wants to do. Sam Bradford, in my opinion, is going to be one of the best quarterbacks the NFL has ever seen because, obviously, his mobility will help as well. There's, there's a lot of things there, Scott. Uh, you know, you throw in the injury that happened to him and the work that he's done, and he's considered to be in the number one overall pick. Just imagine if he did not have that injury. It, just imagine if he did not have that uh, shoulder injury. How yeah, high would this guy right. go? He's off well, the charts, man. Yeah, he's off the yeah. charts. He's number one in my mind. Well, his, his, for everybody that, that doesn't know or you just kind of caught bits and pieces of it, it's his right passing joint, his AC joint, okay, between the clavicle and the shoulder blade. That's what required surgery five months ago. And I'll I tell you, this was a, a grade three separation. Um, that, that's not an easy injury to heal from, but this kid has looked good. He's, uh, I, I think you're going to see him uh, in, in a season opener for a team. I just don't know who. Uh, let's take a look at the teams who need a quarterback, Mike. It's Buffalo, right? Um, it's Cleveland. Yeah. I'm looking at the stand. It's the Vikings. You got to have the Vikings on the list. You got to have the Rams up there. They've got they're the logical the choice here because they've released Bolger, making way for this thing to happen. And I wouldn't put, I wouldn't put Minnesota on the list now. Here we go with the Fox deal. No, no. <laughs> he always gets thrown into the discussion, right? So, so Mike Sam Bradford, uh, this kid that has all this upside, all this ability. Uh, do you spend a first-round pick? I mean, you can get a lot of picks for that first-round pick if you could trade down. I mean, if you have any faith, listen to some of these other names. we got Colt McCoy, Jimmy Clawson, Tim Tebow. I mean, some of these guys, you don't know who it's going to be. I'll tell you, I like the sleeper quarterback. I'm just going to tell you right now, sleeper quarterback, Cincinnati's Tony Pike, Mike. You, know, you and I both know Tony about Pike. Tony Pike. We, we, yeah, we watched well, this year with Marty Gilliard. I think Tony Pike could be uh, – I, I think he could be very good, but he's no Sam Bradford. Uh, 
what, what what's going to happen here is uh, Cleveland they're wanting to trade up to get Bradford, but that won't happen because uh, St. Louis St. Louis is they're hell bent on Bradford. It sounds like it. They're going to definitely command a, pr- a price. I've never seen. I mean, Bradford's price has just been skyrocketing over just the last couple of weeks. Ever since they've seen him uh, throw the ball. They are loving what they're seeing. Again, that injury, yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's a very tough injury, but he, he was repaired. Uh, it was just five months ago. Uh, and you've got these other quarterbacks that will go in maybe in the second round, maybe in the third round, Clawson, Tebow, McCoy. I mean, McCoy had his injury. But let's look at quarterbacks over the last couple of years, Mike. In the first round, you've got winners and losers. Let's, let's go over the winners real quick. Eli, Big Ben, uh, Rivers, uh, Rodgers. Palmer, if you want to go back that far, Flacco. Those are all winners. Those are all, and you know, I guess you could arguably say that Sanchez still has to prove that, and 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 the, and the kid over in Detroit. But let's look at the losers, Mike. Jamarcus Russell, David Carr, uh, Joey Harrington, Alex Smith, Matt Liner. I mean, these guys. I mean, I guess you can't unequivocally say losers, but look, you, you've had your chance and you haven't done anything with it yet. Uh, you know, sometimes it's a slow learning curve that you just are not working hard enough, you're not studying hard enough, you think that talent's going to get you everywhere. There's so many intangibles that go into making a great player. Um, uh, yeah, I totally agree with that, Scott. And There, there are, but uh, those intangibles that you're talking about, uh, those are the intangibles that Sam Bradford has, in my opinion. Uh, I think Clawson has too, but Clawson – He's not been able to experience a big-time competition. Even though he plays with uh, Notre Dame, uh, he was not able to experience the crunch time, the crunch time of being in a big-time bowl game or uh, a big-time conference championship game. So uh, that's what separates uh, Sam Bradford away from uh, Clawson, in my opinion. So, Mike, if you really feel like Sam Bradford is legit, if you feel he's the next Peyton Manning, uh, Peyton Manning potential. If you put him in that category of Rodgers, Manning eventually in three years, uh, and you can get a quarterback like that, let's talk about where to really slot him because these running backs, uh, let's face it, a lot of these have the bus factor in them, and we take them just because they're exciting. Uh, Des Bryant, C.J. Spiller, uh, Ryan Matthews. There's your there's your top three. Then you then you go into this this cluster here, depending on where they end up. Of uh, Demarius Thomas, Javie Best. Aurelius Ben, Jonathan Dwyer. There's seven guys right there. Mike, do you, do you slot him in right under those guys, or do you put him even a little bit above those guys? I put him above him. I put him above him because the uh, longevity of a guy like, uh, you know, a guy like Bradford, uh, that's, even though he's had the injury, uh, I still put him ahead of uh, a guy like Spiller. Wow. Well, and now that you bring up Spiller, it's, he's all over the news right now. C.J. Spiller, the Jaguars are really interested in bringing in C.J. Spiller. And I don't know who's coaching this team or who's making decisions here, but this is going to be the most boneheaded thing I've ever heard of. You've got Maurice Jones-Drew, the most talented running back in the league, arguably. You've got a more than capable backup in Rashad Jennings, and you've got some enamored uh, infatuation with C.J. Spiller. Well, yeah, okay, he might be the next Chris Johnson, but what good is having a Chris Johnson do you when you've already got a Maurice Jones-Drew, Mike? I don't understand. Why would the Jaguars front office, why would C.J. Spiller even be an option for the first pick? I don't get it. No, no, Jaguars are fine the way they are. As far as running back goes, they don't need to be messing with that. They don't need to move up. They don't need to move down. They're fine. They they just need to improve on what they have because they got a pretty good team. Man, they're talking about taking him at the 10 pick, Mike. I don't understand yeah. who is running this organization. Here's what they said. They wanted to they wanted to do the, the same thing that, you know, D. Will and Stewie was doing, you know. Uh, like, they could be on board with the, you know, the tag team and the, the, the Thunder and Lightning, the Jacobs and Barber type thing. But come on. Right. You don't need to do that. That's not your problem. You can have yeah. defensive problems all over, up up one side and down the other. I mean, we could go to. Trade down if you're, if you're thinking about taking score. Trade down and get more picks. Yeah, you, you know, that's what I'm thinking. I mean, you know, there's no sense in it. They, they've got a good thing going, so uh, just keep moving on. And uh, Jack Del Rio, he's going to make sure things are going absolutely fine there. So, you know, that kind of – when I saw that, I was like, no, nah, you got to be kidding me. Uh, they don't need that. Uh, 
you know, just keep build within, uh, build within the lines. Well, and and, and NCOSF in the chat room that makes a good point. Yeah, they're all teams are going two running backs, but not with the ten pick. You don't spend the ten pick to go on a second running back to complement your your stud running back that's already in the top five discussion. You, running backs are a dime a dozen. You can get running backs in there. And if you want to do two, go ahead and do two. But maybe it's because, you know, the only other angle I can see here is that they have absolutely no faith in Gerard uh, and, and in a passing game that's going to make make any sense at all. And so maybe they're just saying forget it, throwing their hands up in the air, and we're just going to run like the Jets do, run 40 times a game, and then, you know, you take a little pressure you know, off I, Gerard. I, I like Gerard. I like Gerard, but uh, maybe, uh, maybe Jacksonville, maybe – should move up uh, for a quarterback, maybe a Clawson type deal. I don't know. Let's go ahead. Let's, let's ask the question, though, Mike. Let's just go ahead and envision that scenario. If C.J. Spiller signs with and is drafted by the Jaguars, do you take MJD in the top five? Absolutely. Still will. Yes. Yes, you have to. He's that good. I mean, he's that good. Uh, but, you know, I don't I don't see that happening. I, I, I just don't see that happening. But uh, – MJD, he he is one of your top five picks without question, no matter if they sign Spiller or not. Well, I think we also that? talked I mean, about – I think we talked about back in the day if C.J. Spiller was drafted by San Francisco, that would spell the demise of, of, of drafting Frank Gore in the top five. His stock would definitely drop, you know, top six. He'd have to drop down there a little bit because you're just sharing, you're taking those carries away and taking those opportunities – uh, away from uh, from running backs that definitely need those receptions and, and carries to to really compete with those upper echelon running backs. Well, you, you know I, I, that that's the same situation, but uh, you know I I don't I don't see if he wants to get drafted by uh, San Francisco, I don't I still don't see Frank Gore's production going down. Well, let's see. So the, the Sam Bradford discussion is still up in the air. It's amazing the type of money these kids are going to make before they've ever, they've ever taken a snap, Mike. It's unbelievable. Uh, you, you know, and we said who needs a quarterback. It's Buffalo, Cleveland, the Vikes, Rams, and uh, the Seahawks. And you've got a slew of quarterbacks here that I kind of put, you know, McCoy, uh, you know, I don't know what happened there with that whole arm thing in the, in the, in the, in the Fiesta Bowl. And then you've got Clawson, who everybody seems to be pretty high on. And then Tebow, who's just a winner, you know. Uh, I know they don't like his mechanics, and maybe it doesn't translate. But, you know, it's guys like that we've talked about. When they find ways to win, John Gruden loves those winners. Uh, yes. And, uh, you, you know, I think uh, I think the, the hidden piece here right now with all those quarterbacks, because, I mean, they're all really good. They've proven. They're winners. Uh, but I, I just – I, I – Sam Bradford just blows me away, and uh, you know I think Colt McCoy is going to be uh, second best out of this class. And other than that, that's about it. Well, it's uh, it's, it's up for debate. I tell you what, I would have a hard time uh, passing on Bradford just with the fact that you know he is going to. Uh, it's a quarterback-driven league, and a lot of these leagues, you yeah, you need to have a stud quarterback really anchoring your position. I mean, if you could get an Aaron Rodgers right now, let's just let's just ask that question. And again, you don't. You would have to wait three years, but uh, for him to be like an Aaron Rodgers. But if you could take Aaron Rodgers in the draft right now, where would he go? Would he go before Des Bryant? Would he go before C.J. Spiller? I think he'd say, yeah. If, if Aaron Rodgers is in your is in your pool right now, you have to take him with the number one pick overall. So if you think Sam sure. Bradford has that type of upside, Mike, where do you slot him? Do you slot him in at one, two, three, four? Do you go that high? I mean, could he possibly be the fourth pick off the board if you feel like he has Aaron Rodgers type ability? Yeah, I know that. You know that's a tough call when you break it down like that. Uh, and you know, I think uh, to be honest with you, Bradford has uh, Aaron Rodgers' uh, capability. I mean, that that that's just my take. I mean, he he really does. Uh, you know, I've seen what he I've seen what he's done. I've seen his injury, and then uh, after he he comes back after his injury and. What I've seen him do, uh, you know, it just impresses me more and more every day. All right, Mike. Uh, I tell you what, it's time for our um, our, our segment that uh, our dynasty fans have come to rely on. And again, those dynasty leagues are filling up fast. 
uh, over at uh, the SFPC, the high-stakes dynasty league we've been waiting on. We've been seeing those. We're entered. Uh, the red versus blue team has entered in that 1250 dynasty. We plan on winning at year one. We plan on winning at year two. We plan on bringing home the trophies in the first two years. So everybody listening, realize that we're going to take home the trophies year one and two while you're trying to build for the future. So just remember that. Okay, our segment, team one or team two, it's, uh, it's kind of stiff. You know, we, we've, I've got boys. I've got two boys, Elton uh, three and Simon five, and I, you know, and I read them Dr. Seuss every night. And, uh, you know, you you read that stuff enough and you start thinking about thing one and thing two in your sleep. Well, we developed a segment here called Team One or Team Two. We took a look at a couple of dynasty traits this week, and you evaluate for us which team got the better of the deal. So are you ready to go, Mike? I'm ready. Okay. Team One gives up Jermichael Finley. Team Two gives up the 1-5 rookie pick. So Team One gives up Finley. Team two gives up the one five rookie pick. Who do you like, team one or team two? Well, I obviously like uh, team one in that trade uh, to get the one five because uh, Finley, you know, I mean, he's going to be pretty solid with uh, Rodgers. But, uh, you know, I, I would still like to have that uh, – I, I would like to have that one five pick instead of a tight end. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's like a Demarius Thomas or a David Best or a Dwyer or a Ben, one of those guys, maybe even Bradford like we've been talking about. Mike, let me let me throw a little curveball at you here, okay, since we've got some of the FFPC guys in the house tonight. Let me throw a little bit of a curveball at you. What if you're in a dynasty league that offers one and a half points per reception for tight ends? Now would you take would – you, would you rather have Jermichael Finley or that 1-5 rookie pick? You know, you know that that is a good curveball, uh, but uh, I'm not going to swing at it. I'm going to – you know, I just looked at it, and I watched it go by, and I probably wouldn't do it. I probably wouldn't do it. I, I'd be like, no, 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 that's not going to happen because uh, chances are in that offense, it, chances are in that offense that Green Bay's in, uh, Jim Michael Finley, uh, I don't see him uh, lasting more than uh, five, five, six years, and that one five could be a very, very, uh, you know, that could be a pick that could last for years. Well, we've, we've broken down these rookie picks in the past, and we've seen how many of them are hit and miss. It's a very dangerous situation to be in uh, when, when you're looking at drafting some of these guys. You just don't know how talent is going to win out. Because the thing is, we, there's no arguing, these, arguing that the, the rookie picks have talent, right? We all know that. We can see that. They're doing well at the combine. They've done well in, in college. But are they willing to work? When they get paid, once they get paid, how does that change their lifestyle? How does that change their thinking? What happens to their heads and their egos? Are they willing to hit the, 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 the books again and learn even more? Uh, the learning curve is just as big, uh, if not bigger, from, from this stage to the next. And so are they willing to do the little things that make them great? You know, Andre Johnson has done all these things to be great and to, and to really practice his craft and his skill. Reggie Wayne's been done all these things to be great and work hard. Does Dez Bryant, yes, he has the physical tools. Does he have all the other things and the intangibles and the chemistry with the quarterback to really put together something special? That's what's yet to be seen. So when people offer me players straight up for these picks, it's hard to turn down those players, especially when I feel like they're somewhat on par. So if I could get a Jermichael Finley right now, somebody who I have pegged as a future up-and-comer, a bright player in this league that could dominate the tight end position right up there with the best of them, the Vernon Davises and the Jason Wittens, I'm thinking I go ahead and take the Jermichael Finley, and I don't look back. He's a guy that I've been trying to get all season, Mike. And most of the guys, I've seen this, and I don't know if you guys have seen this at home, but in the dynasty leagues I've been in, the guys went after Finley early and quickly and got him and locked him in. And these guys aren't going to trade Finley because they knew what they were doing. They really wanted to go get him, and they wanted to get him while the, the, the getting was good before other people went and, and up their offers. And very hard to get if you haven't got him by now. But definitely, yeah, definitely well, keep him I, in mind. I think but that 1-5, uh, you know, what are you going to get out of that 1-5? I mean, what are you going to get out of the 2-5? It, it's just – I see what you're saying, Scott, but uh, I, I don't know. Family, to me, seems like uh, two, three years and done. Okay, here we go. Team one or team two, we've got one more of these to do, Mike. Team one or team two. Team one gives up Dwayne Bowe and Brady Quinn. Okay, it looks like Quinn's kind of a throw in here. Dwayne Bowe and Brady Quinn. Uh, team two gives up Anquan Bolden and Damian Williams from USC. Which side do you like, the team that's given up Dwayne Bowe and Brady Quinn 
or the team two that's given up Anquan Bolden or Damian Williams? Team one or team two? Who wins? Oh, boy. You know, believe it or not, that's tough, but uh, team one wins. Team one wins by getting Bolden. I, that's just because uh, Bo is on the downside, uh, Brady Quinn, who the heck knows what's going on. Plus, you throw in Williams with a little chance there. So, yeah, team one wins with uh, Bolton and uh, Williams. Mike, I, I, I'm going to agree with you here, actually. I'm, I'm right there with you on uh, the, the value that this guy got with uh, Anquan Bolton. Uh, I, I just really see uh, – I know he has the um, the issues – obviously, with the injuries that he's seen. He's 29 years of age, uh, so he does have a three-year age uh, gap against Dwayne Bowe, and so obviously the guy is looking at Dwayne Bowe and saying, you know, give me the younger guy and, and the um, uh, you know the less injury-prone guy. Uh, but I think Anquan Bolden is going to be set for some very big things with Joe Flacco. Flacco can get you the ball, and with a big body like Bolden, I think we're going to see a return to his elite status, Mike. I really do. I think people yeah. are going to be – Sleeping on Anquan Bolden this year, and I think he's one of these guys that could outperform somebody like a Larry Fitzgerald because of just the fact that the quarterback connection and chemistry is going to be so, so good. I really believe that. I think it's not to say I'd take him over a fifth, obviously, but I really think at the end of the year, when you look at these stats and the production you're going to see from Bolden, if he stays healthy, he's one of the top in this game, and Flacco has been waiting on a big body like Anquan Bolden to throw the ball to, Mike. I think Bolden, if I can get Bolden and, and Damian Williams for Dwayne Bowe, I do it, and uh, I do it all day. So, I, in my opinion, Team One wins that. And thank you to Backyard Brawl and Steve Waremke for giving us that one. Yeah, uh, you know, the, there's no doubt about that. Uh, you know, the more I look at it, uh, Dwayne Bowe, he's been able to deal with a couple different receivers, and he's never really had the breakout uh, year that I thought that Dwayne Bowe would have because I, I – I mean, I drafted Dwayne Bowe in, in a rookie draft, and he's never really done what I thought he could do. And uh, you throw in Brady Quinn, that's not much. So, yeah, and Anquan Bowden and uh, Williams, that's a winner-winner. All right. I love that segment. And our Dynasty fans, I get a lot of emails uh, about the Team 1 or Team 2 segment because a lot of these guys, the hyperactive guys with Ryan McDowell and, and then Steve Wawremski over at Backyard Bowl, a lot of these leagues, uh, they're they're constantly trading left and right, and I just have to look at the trades, and I'm like, wow, I can't believe some of these things these guys pull off every 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 week. And you know, uh, I, I don't know. I've been a little slow to pull the trigger this year. I think I'm getting a little more conservative in my old age, Mike. I don't know. Maybe that's what happens when you turn 35. Yeah, that's what happens. That's what happens. You get a little bit more conservative, but I tell you what, when you turn 42, let the big dogs hunt. Well, Mike, uh, we, we do uh, have a few minutes left remaining here. Listen, I want to I want to tell everybody uh, that we did shock the fantasy landscape this past week uh, with the Fantasy Player Association. Uh, the Fantasy Players Association has been formed. The site is live at fantasyplayersassociation.com. Uh, Mike, this this site, uh, I, I tell you, I'm, I'm it's more than just a labor of love for me. It's it's something that I, that I feel like has been needed for a long time in the world of fantasy sports. Last year, we did a show uh, on the AFFL, and we brought those guys in, and we had them interview. And sure enough, you know, we've been burned before by the AFFL. New owners came in. Uh, in that year, we also, the industry got rocked by the fantasy jungle. And, and, and then we sat here and listened to the AFFL guys, listened to what they had to say, and it happens again. It's AFFL times two. And, you know, enough is just enough when, when this type of stuff happens. Uh, we need more transparency in the industry. We need to know who we're doing business with. We need to know uh, what type of shape you're in. We're giving up hard-earned dollars that we've that we've worked hard for. These a lot of these guys aren't millionaires, and a lot of these guys don't have all kinds of money just sitting around and own businesses. These are hard-working guys that love fantasy football and are playing for the crown and playing for the glory. And you're taking money away from their family and their their kids. And and when they rightfully earn it, look, it's hard enough to win one of these things. Once in a lifetime opportunity to win. And if you're Jeff Gill, you just won sixty thousand dollars, and you haven't gotten paid for it. It's an absolute travesty. And so the Fantasy Players Association, I'm going to read you the statement of purpose, Mike. It's to be a source of transparency in the world of fantasy sports by creating a place for our community where we can all, all of us, voice unbiased and impartial reviews of fantasy-related products and services for the betterment of the fantasy players. Mike, it's, it's, our, it's our purpose. 
to, to bring about a, a community where that is open and encouraged. Transparency is key here uh, with the Fancy Players Association, and it all starts with our charter board members. We had a, we had a conference call just last uh, on Thursday night, just last night, where we where we took we had been taking all of our applications for board members, and it was just a rocking call. Everybody's pumped up, everybody's encouraged. We want to do this right for the players. And look, if I'm not the right person to lead this, I'll be stepping down and I'll let somebody else take this thing over. It doesn't matter. The point is it needs to get done. And so, Mike, we're going to do it. We've got 45 seconds. I'll give it back to you. All right. Well, hey, Scott, I think the FPA, uh, Fantasy Players Association, is a great thing. And uh, I'm looking forward to uh, you and uh, the board of members doing the right thing. Uh, the right thing is just, you know, just kind of checking out, make sure everything is okay and make sure that uh, everybody is happy with their particular league and what they're in. And, uh, you know, I, I think it's a great thing. It, it's something that has needed to be done, and uh, just keep on going with it, Scott. You've been listening to Red vs. We'll Blue Sports Talk Radio, where Planet Red and Big Blue Nation collide. With your hosts, Scott Atkins and Michael Trent. Please join us next time.
This is the smell of a warm three-day-old egg salad sandwich in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy. Blech. And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag with new Fabuloso lemon scent. Hefty, hefty, hefty. Ah, <sighs> smell the difference? When life gives you stinky, get hefty, ultra-strong with new Fabuloso lemon scent. It smells like clean, freshly picked lemons. So no matter what's inside your trash, you can stop the stink and smell the lemon. This is the smell of the leftover tuna fish sandwich you left in your lunchbox over the weekend in a wimpy trash bag. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy. Blech. And this is the smell of that same sandwich in a hefty, ultra-strong trash bag. Hefty, hefty, hefty. Ah, <sighs> smell the difference. Hefty Ultra Strong has Arm and Hammer with continuous odor control, so no matter what's inside your trash. Hmm. You can stay one step ahead of Stinky. And for bigger jobs, try the superior strength of hefty large black bags.